0: Welcome to Wear Who You Are, a podcast that takes the fear out of fashion and holds space for everyone to explore how to connect your authenticity with your personal style. I'm your host, Natalie Tincher, founder of BU Style, expert style strategist, and your enthusiastic friend and safe space of support. I believe that every person has a style and every style deserves a seat. With over a decade of experience working with hundreds of personal clients, I've learned a thing or two about how to help others have a healthy and holistic approach to navigating how to build a wardrobe that reflects who you are. So pull up your seat and let's get started. There's no such thing as having no style. By getting dressed every day, you inherently are making style choices and therefore you do have a style. The first step in truly understanding your personal style is discovering how it connects to who you are. How do you communicate your personality and preferences through your clothing choices? The BU Style 6 assessment creates the foundation for you to start answering that question. By taking this assessment, you will be able to see your spread of the six style personalities and how they connect to wardrobe characteristics. Read more about the BU Style 6 methodology and take the assessment by visiting www.bu.style and clicking on the Personal Clients tab. That's www. The letters BU.style. You can also click the link in the show notes. Welcome back to another episode. I am so excited today to share another wonderful guest, Lindsay Salvo. Now, Lindsay is the founder and designer at Coella Love Jewelry, and we're going to hear all about her story, her path, the why behind her line, and how she merged all of her experience and her intuition and everything to get where she is um, to start her line. Before that, I'm going to answer a listener question this week. So I had a listener from South Carolina ask, what are some fun and easy ways to really let your inner you shine with what you wear? So that's a great question. And there's a lot we can talk about with that. Um, But I'll give you just a couple quick tips. So one suggestion is to pick something you love and incorporate it into your wardrobe uniform or your everyday wardrobe, something that really resonates with you. It could be a certain color. It could be an accessory. It could be something cultural you love or maybe a particular pattern or fabric. Uh, I'll give you a couple examples. For one, I'm a blazer jeans and t-shirt girl through and through, but I know that I always need a little twist on this formula to feel like I've put a Natalie stamp on it. So for me, enter either a patterned silk scarf or my collection of graphic t-shirts featuring things I love. Those things include musical theater, Um, Elvis t shirts because my parents loved Elvis. Now I'm not really your like 80s rock concert girl or indie music girl. So I would feel like a poser if I'm wearing those things. But whenever I go to a Broadway show that also has really cool merch, I buy a t shirt to pair with my blazers and jeans. So this starts connecting my clothing with my personality with my loves with who I am. Just another example to quickly share, I had a client who had a beautiful and unique set of brooches, and she'd collected them over the years. Each one had a special story associated with it. So we made sure to add those to almost all of her style looks. So if we had a plain sweater, we would find a really fun brooch to pin to it. This made her really, really happy, and so I loved um, seeing how it instantly helped her connect with others too, who would often notice her brooches and ask questions about these unique accessories. Now, if you have any questions you'd like me to answer, go ahead and hop on over to my Instagram and you can send them my way and I'll try to incorporate those into future episodes. I have to start by saying a huge congratulations. Lindsay was just featured in British Vogue. Thank you. Thank you. And congratulations to you on your podcast. This is awesome. Oh, thank you. It's been so fun for me to have just like conversations with people. And I'm learning so much about people that I know, but I'm getting to hear more stories, which is really exciting for me. And so far, um, people seem to be resonating with it. So it's exactly what we want to build up our community of kindness, I say. I love it. Um, So let's start from the beginning. Um, I want you to take me back to your start. When were you first interested in fashion?
1: So it really started my senior year in college. I, um, I switched majors my senior year, went over to fashion merchandising at Florida State and fell in love with it. Day one class, I was like, okay, this is where I'm supposed to be. And from there we went and I studied abroad in London and Paris. So I think that's really where my love for fashion and jewelry, we would go to fashion shows. I feel like that's really where it
0: started. We share that in common. I remember I'd studied in London as well. And the minute I looked on the streets and I realized that their point of view and fashion and personal style was so different than what when we, we were in college around the same time of like everyone was so homogenous in my college world. And then I remember going to London and being like, oh, cool. Like everybody's really showing their own unique point of view. Yes.
1: And that was actually a lot of our assignment was to do like, you know, fashion forecasting. So jewelry forecasting. So it was, it was, you know, they're more ahead and it was just different and it was so exciting to see. And you just fall in love with it.
0: Well, what made you then make that switch? Like senior year, you only had one year left. What was the tug to say, "I'm going to do this"? <laughs> Honestly, I was taking a women in literature class, and I couldn't
1: read one more of those books. I wanted to be a news reporter. I and I was never really a big reader. It just wasn't. It wasn't me. I wasn't liking it. Um, my sister had majored um, in fashion merchandising. And at that point she was working at Macy's as a buyer in New York. So I was like, okay, this is awesome. I think this is what I'd like to do. Um, So when I made the switch, I mean, like I said, day one, I was like, okay, this is awesome. Like this is hundred percent for me. So that was, that was really, I did, I got lit up and I just, I knew I wasn't really in the right place. I just, I wasn't a big reader. I couldn't read these books. I was like, what am I doing? This isn't me. So I did. I I, I switched my senior year and, you know, it was absolutely the best decision I ever made.
0: I love so. that. I, I love that you followed your heart and you, you know, took your intuition and you tried, you clearly tried the other path. And then you're like, no, no, no. It's game time decision. I'm going to do it. And then instantly you were rewarded even just internally of I'm, this is where I'm supposed to be. And, you know, now look where it's taking you. So you graduate, you do your study abroad. Then what was your next step? So it was actually, you know, I'm from South Florida, you know, that
1: I'm a beach girl. I had never, I I would go to New York because my great aunt lives in Staten Island still. And so we'd go stay at her place uh, Christmas night. And then the next day, the day after Christmas, wake up and always go into the city. So I did get that city experience, but it honestly, it wasn't until I was living in London And, you know, we were living that life. We were going, I think it was Sandsbury's and getting our groceries, hopping on the bus, going to our flats. And I was like, this is city life, you know, going to happy hours after school. And like, I was like this, I could do this. Like I can totally do this. So that was, that was really the moment I was like, okay, I'm going to move to New York. And I I got a couple internships. Um, I interned at Women's Wear Daily, which was so cool. Um, Roberto Cavalli, which was yeah. really neat. Especially so, at that
0: time. So this was what time? 2000 and like early 2000s? Four. Yeah, 2004. this was like 2004. Yep. That was a major time for both Women's Wear Daily and Roberto Cavalli. It was like yeah. huge.
1: It was, it was cool. I mean, you're in these like showrooms and – you know, they have the resort line and you you have to pull things because buyers are coming into the showroom. And so it, I really got that point of like, you know, the buyer side and, and doing all that. Um, and then with Women's Wear Daily, that was cool. I mean, I would dress the models and pick out jewelry and just style them. And it was it was so, it was like, it was a great experience. Then I got a job at a... It was. It's actually like a paper company, and so if you go to like a TJ Maxx or something and you see um, like hat boxes or stationery boxes, that's how they started. But then they developed into a handbag company and accessories company. And when I got a job there, they hired me in the accessories department, which what, I handled. What role in there? So I was was a vendor. So buyers would come into our showroom and we would purchase earrings. And so I learned the whole side of that business, which fast forward was really instrumental into me starting my own business. Um, And, you know, it, it was just a whole it was a whole thing like you know, just learning the ins and outs and, you know, things shipping from China and giving product numbers to things and registering them. So it was really, it was really cool. I mean, it was a great experience. Um, but I also knew I wasn't going to probably live in New York forever. So I, you know, kind of struggled with that. Um, but another turning point for me there was I started making jewelry. That was kind of the start of the jewelry making.
0: So, how did you learn to even make jewelry?
1: I, I taught myself. You know, New York is, I know, New York is a great playground for that. They have bead districts and, you know, fashion districts. And so I would go to the bead stores. And I would, I mean, I wish I had some jewelry. I used to like earrings. It was really earrings I would, I made from back then. And um, I would just make them. I i would, I, I just would teach myself. And I bought a little jewelry making kit and I would make these like, beaded earrings, and they were not cute, but I thought they were cute back then. (laughs) They
0: were cute. too. I think a lot of things that we thought were cute back then are not cute now. But you know what, we were experimenting, you were trying, you were learning yourself along the way, that's the time to do that, you know, and especially, I know, when I moved to New York, some of the it, it is such a playground that you have to figure out who you are to focus on your style and what your tastes are, because there's so many options here. You see it all. Yes. I like that. I like that. I like that. I like that. What's me? Right. Exactly. Exactly. So then
1: um, it was like, so then, you know, I moved. I lived in New York for about four years. Um, I ended up leaving the fashion industry, moved to Jacksonville, got married, had kids. Um, and then it was right before the pandemic. So around 2020 or it was 2019 and I started making earrings again and I just, I would go to Hobby Lobby and find like cute things and, um, you know, just make like different leather type earrings, stuff like that, make them for my friend's birthdays. What prompted you to want to get
0: back into it? I think it was just a hobby that never
1: left me. Um, I really enjoyed it. So I've always been kind of an earring girl. When I was about seven years old, I had these earrings and I will never forget what they were. They were like a silver cowboy boot with like a black rope and they were probably like three inches long. They were big for like a seven year old. This was the eighties and I wore those things out. Like I loved them because they were just like big. And I think I, you know, I got them at a fair, a craft fair and I just, I loved those. So I think I always had that creative side in me and it just was always earrings. I was always making earrings. So in, in 2019, when I started making jewelry again, I, you know, a couple things had changed, right? I was older. I You know, I was a mom. I was active. I wanted some nicer jewelry, in a sense, Um, jewelry that wouldn't turn because I was a couple years prior. I was at a bachelorette party and I bought this necklace. It was probably like forty dollars. I bought a necklace. We were I think we were in Charleston and it just it just like turned after like a month and I wasn't even wearing it all the time.
0: It's so annoying. That's happened to me so many times when I, you know, I've thought, you know, no, maybe I'm not investing like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars, but I'm buying something nice that's telling me it's some sort of, and we'll get to your construction, but some sort of gold, they'll use this buzzword gold. And so I think that it's going to be fine. And then literally like three wears later, the back of my neck's been like green, like, you know, when I got a ring from a... 12 year old boyfriend who I remember once like turned right. my finger, finger <laughs> right. green. I was like, wait, I'm too old for this.
1: <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I just started experimenting with things I wanted. You know, I had never heard of what gold filled was. I didn't know. Um, you know, I'd heard of gold plated and stuff like that. So I just started kind of doing my research. And it's funny because when I started that like more Koala side, it was like I went straight to like necklaces and, and didn't really do the earrings. So that was that was funny. But yeah, it was just a it was a lot of trial and error with different things. And I mean, the jump rings and the all the things. And it was, you know, just a lot.
0: A lot of user testing, which I one is one thing I love when yes. I learned your story is that it wasn't just oh here's my here's my hobby and I'm gonna do it. You took it seriously and really produced what you needed and realized that there was a need for it. Um, yeah. If you couldn't find it, then you know where is it if you're actively searching. So, um, backing up from an educational perspective, tell us what gold filled is. What does that mean?
1: So gold filled is. I'll start with plated. Gold plated is a metal that is dipped in gold. So dipped real quick and taken back out. Um, Gold filled is a base metal that is bounded by heat with um, gold, actual gold. So there's a thick layer of gold surrounded on the base metal as gold uh, plated is simply dipped so that's why something gold plated will turn it'll rub off quicker stuff like that um and and gold filled it's it's you know they say that gold filled it can last you forever um it's easy to clean it's you know like anything you you want to clean it but it's you know it's got that heat that gold bounded by heat so it it's just built to last Really? It's so
0: interesting. I just hadn't really, I mean, until I, I met you and was exposed to your line, I, I even didn't think I realized the difference of gold plated versus gold filled and then, sure. and then solid gold. Like I knew solid gold and I saw gold plated a lot, but I didn't really see gold filled. And I think that's such a useful educational tool for people You know, it's another example that I see a lot more is like the water resistant versus waterproof. If you're looking for a jacket, it's like those nuanced words that I think when we're not educated on what they mean, then it can, it can trick, it can trick us as consumers to think, oh, well, gold plated, that means there's gold. Well, now that we know it could just be a quick dip and done, then it's, you know, may not stand up the way that we want it to. Exactly. And, and you tested and it all, right? Oh, sorry. Yes. Yeah. No, you're
1: good. Um, yes. So when I started ordering stuff, like in 2019, I would order like five pieces of something and I would make a necklace or a bracelet or whatever it was and I would wear it. And I, you know, I still do that now when I see something that I want to, you know, make, I'll make it and I'll wear it. Like I wear it in the shower, you know, I'll, I'll my I'll wear it at, in our pool to the beach. And, you know, I really want to give it some some pain to see if it if it stands up, because I, I want these you know, I want my customers to have these pieces forever. Um, you know, you spend money on them and they're you know, I want to keep them affordable. But yet so you can kind of create like a stack or whatever you're looking for to create, um, for your own personal style.
0: You can build on it. So you're making it not only is it going to last, but then you can say, okay, well now I want to switch this out and build on this, or I have this event and I want to add, you know, whatever it is to, to glam it up a little bit. I love that.
1: Yeah. So being affordable was a big, a big part of my business plan. Um, I definitely wanted it affordable. So like you said, you could build upon your collection.
0: What were the pain points in starting officially launching the business? Oh, my goodness. What were the pain points?
1: Well, my amazing husband, he built the website. So from scratch. And he was like, I can do it. And so we, you know, from the time I decided to do this until launch, it was like, like, probably almost three years so I really like, like you said earlier, this wasn't something I just woke up and was like, okay, I'm going to sell you know necklaces. Um, it's funny. A pain point was the jump rings. I know that may not even um, make sense to a lot of people, but you know, it's little things that go into the detail and you know, my designs are evolving every day. I want to make them better and better. Um, but yeah, the website and just, you know, there's always things when you launch, you know, little hiccups here and little hiccups there. But, um, you know, for the most part, it was it was pretty smooth. You know, I have to kind of rely on him because he's the techie like, okay, I, I, I want this or I want that. And, you know, you know, Joel, like he's just he's sweet and he just he you know, he's great. He's a great partner. He's a great partner. So that was you know, just getting off the ground with the website and, you know, little things like that, I would say were probably the hardest.
0: I mean, how lucky is that, that you do And I don't know that everybody could say, Oh, my husband is able to do work for me. And, you know, we're still smiling and going on date nights. <laughs> I know, I know. Kudos it's, it's to crazy. That. <laughs> <laughs> well, he knows I'm, yeah. So Well, you know, yin and yang. Right, exactly. (laughs) And for those that don't know, just to educate, what is a jump ring?
1: Okay. A jump ring is usually like a little circular ring that attaches the clasp to the chain, stuff like that. So they're used in designs or just attaching a clasp to a chain. And it's funny, I, you know, when you ask about that I'm like, oh my god! If if I'm being honest with you, I think the jump rings were the hardest part for me. A little detail, but such an important one. So
0: you know what? Little details sometimes. I know for me in building, like I'll have the big picture, and then it, you get to this minutia that you're just like, damn it! <laughs> like, why is this harder than it seems right. like it should be? And it's one of those pieces that you're so committed to making the quality product that you want that. Maybe other people aren't thinking about because you don't want them to have to think about it because you just yep. did it well. Yes. I want to point out exactly. the undervalue in that. I think sometimes people don't see or value those little things that you don't see them because they don't have to worry about them. But when those things right. malfunction, that's obviously like, well, this was a huge defect. But when it we take for granted when those little things are working as they should. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's not something I would ever think would have been a thing. And, you know, you can't go to the next step
1: if that part isn't working, you know, if you can't. So it was that that was probably my hardest part.
0: So when you launched, tell me, like, how did it feel to put your product out there? So you I mean, three years, and then you, you know, two, three years, and then you officially are like, I'm ready to do this. Like, How did you make that decision that you were ready
1: So I just was like, we have to start. You know, we, it was, I remember a friend of mine saying, you know, don't wait for it to be time. You're going to have to just start. And it stuck in my head. And it was funny. I was gone on a girls' weekend the weekend before, and I was gone on a girls weekend, the weekend after. And I launched in the middle of that. I I launched that week. And it was just one of those things I knew I just, I had to just do it. And there were, you know, of course there were still things that, um, you know, the website needed to do, but, uh, you know, that it's a great piece of advice for anyone trying to start a business. You know, sometimes you just have to jump and start. And, you know, you learn some things along the way. Like if I could have my website the exact way I wanted it, you know, I still wouldn't be launched. So, you know, that's just, it was, it was super exciting. I I couldn't believe it was happening. It was nerve wracking. Um, It was fun. I was working till like one in the morning the week before, you know, just logging everything in the, what, you know, in the, on the website and getting variations and it's just a lot of work, but, um, gosh, it was awesome. It was awesome. I'm, I still smile from ear to ear about it.
0: I love that. I love that you took the things initially about fashion that inspired you, where you came from, and then you have all that experience and then your, your lifestyle, like being a mom and being busy and running around. And it's like, you made this, you like triangulated it together to light you up and create something that's like, so you, um, so I think Aww. that's like so cool to see. And so inspiring for others to see, like, it's a lot of work just because it's a lot of work. You know, there are things that we don't love about it but you're you feel like driven to it like the way you're lighting up when you talk about it it's like yeah Yeah. it was hard but like whatever I was doing something that I believed in
1: yeah and when you know you're you're doing what you love it's not really work you know it wasn't dreadful to stay up you know I was getting stuff ready to launch my business and seeing my kids, my kids are so, you know, they're so happy for me. And so, you know, they get excited with little things here and there. So that's a fun, you know, to have your fun little cheerleading squad. So they keep me going too. It's, it's really nice.
0: Well, I was going to ask that. How was it being a mom and an entrepreneur and a designer and you know, still running the household? How did your family take it? How did you manage it? It was different. My kids have
1: only known me, you know, for them. Like I, I quit my job when I had coal, So my kids were very much used to me always being around, um, you know, not working late, you know, stuff like that. So, but they've, they've been great. They are, they're adorable. They, are so supportive. I know that sounds crazy. My son's nine, my daughter's seven, but they really are. Um, they're so supportive. They get excited for me when something good happens. They're happy for me. Um, and I don't know if I shared this, but the way I got Koala was my son's name is Cole and my daughter's name is Stella. So it's, his, it's the beginning of his name and the end of hers. So they loved that too. <laughs> So they, I think
0: that's so cool. You brought them in, like it became then a family, like mom's going to do this and we're all doing this together. Like you're part of it too. And so I think that's sounds to me like a very special way of saying you're still part of it, but mom's going to do what her passion is and she's going to work as well. And I think that's such a good example for them to see how they can be inspired by you, especially your daughter. Yeah. Thank you. And, and that, you know, that was
1: important for me because I had this whole life before I had them. I'm like, if you only knew, you know, and the, you know what I mean? Like, and, and don't get me wrong. Like being a mom to them is, is the best thing and being able to have been present with them has been the very best thing. But, you know, I did try and incorporate them and do try and incorporate them the best I can. I, um, if you like, the two main chains on my website is a Cole and Estella chain, you know, which is obviously for them. So yes, they they love it. They're very much involved and super
0: supportive. I love that. So you've been launched for a, a little over a year, right? No, not even. It was June. So it's been about nine months. And already yeah. you have a British Vogue feature. Like yeah. Number one, how effing cool. Number two, how did that happen? Okay.
1: (laughs) It's crazy. This is when I talk about like this may be the best thing that ever happens in my life. I'm like, this is probably going to be the best thing. Um, I doubt it. So, (laughs) I mean, Vogue, I was like, so it was, it was Valentine's Day. And Joel and I had gone out to lunch, you know, came back, sat down at my desk, was reading emails and, you know, I came across this email and, you know, this woman was just saying how she stumbled across my website or came across my website, um, loves my designs, thinks I would be a great addition to British Vogue. And so I'm like, I like stop. I like run across the house. I'll go to my husband and I'm like telling him and I'm like cuz he's definitely trained me to find like the spam and stuff like that. So I was like this is definitely spam. Um and so I'm reading it and I you know kind of scroll down and I recognize the address from when I was in Europe in London. And so I was like okay and then I, I went to see what what email it was sent to, and it was sent to you know it was sent to the support email on the website. So that was kind of like a clue, like it wasn't my Yahoo email. Um, and then my husband was looking her up on LinkedIn, so we could like, and there she was, like British Vogue. <laughs> so we were like, okay, I this mean, is,
0: pinch me, this is really happening. I, I mean, I
1: still can't believe it's happening, to be honest. Um, and all I wanted to know was where did she find me? Where did she find me? How did she find my website? So a little in, at this point I had like 600 something followers on Instagram. So I was like, it can't be Instagram. And then I had just recently started posting on Pinterest. So I was like, oh, it's probably Pinterest. So when I responded to her saying, yes, 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 I, I, I yes, Um, I said, I have to know, I have to know, like, how did you find me? And she said, Instagram. And I was like, really? So, um, you know, I guess that's her job to, to seek out jewelry companies, but I mean, I don't think I'll ever really realize how
0: real it is until I don't know when it's just. You probably won't. I remember getting like my first feature in something and, and thinking like, This is the top that it's going to be. I have a feeling that this is just going to be the start. I mean, there's a reason that she was drawn to your stuff, even with a modest following when there's thousands of other places to go, you have a perspective and you have a heart behind it. And I think that's what resonates in, in brands and what you're creating. So I think it's beautiful. And I have a feeling. Like I said, I I have a feeling this is just going to be one of many, and I hope it is. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's super exciting. Congratulations on that. I think that's a good, a good endpoint for your journey. But um, I'd like to give our listeners some tips from a, from a pro. Do you mind if I ask a few questions that have come in about jewelry? I get them all the time. So for one, you know, I'd like to pass it on to the person who's creating it. Um, I'm going to pull those out and just ask. The first one I get asked all the time nowadays is, can you mix your gold, silver, rose gold? Can you mix your metals?
1: I have always been a strong believer of that. And yes, I think you absolutely can. I mean, express yourself. And I think it looks great together.
0: And I always say, for me, I'm like it gives a it gives you permission if you like mix it in one spot. It gives you permission to do it elsewhere, so you don't feel like, oh, well, my purse doesn't have gold hardware, and I'm wearing yes. gold jewelry. You know, it's like that's a, yeah, that's the old days. I agree. That's the old uh, days. We're <laughs> we're in, we're in t- the 2020s. Um, right. All right, next one. How do I layer necklaces? Now I know you. I've got one of my. Koela love layering necklaces. And what I love is that you have pieces that layer so well with within your line and outside of it. So again, I, what I love
1: about fashion, and I think you'll agree is it's this great way to express yourself. So layer how you want to layer. I mean, right now I love like a, a short, um, a short, chain with like a longer chain or I'm kind of playing around with just chains right now which I hope to kind of introduce a little bit and it's just it's different you know types of chain whether it's like a ball and a you know a herringbone stuff like that and where there's similar lengths um So I do try on my website or on my website and on my Instagram page to show you different ways to layer because I know that helps a lot of people and I get asked that question all the time as well. So, but yeah, I say express yourself. I mean, express yourself with your jewelry. Um, One's great. Five is even better. So. Yeah, I, and I love maybe it. how
0: you're feeling that day. Maybe one day you're like, yeah. I always feel like that's the missing piece sometimes. If if you feel like something's missing from your outfit, it's probably a little shine. Sometimes. Right, exactly. I always tell people me. it's like filling that space. Like, you know, when you have a bare neckline, sometimes your eye just wants something there. And that's where so yeah. many pieces are great because they are they give it just that like extra thing that it needs.
1: Yeah. And, you know, you, we have, you know, chunkier ones and more, you know, minimalist type looks. So, you know, it's kind of whatever you're feeling that day. And again, it goes back to, you know, I want people to be able to build their collection because that's when it gets fun. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And we do also one thing I thought was very important when I was, you know, creating this line was I wanted if you look on my website, I have like, I hand make the necklaces. So I have them custom. So people can, you know, everyone's neck sizes are different and everyone's styles different. So I want you to be able to, you know, if you want like a choker with a long or kind of like shorter necklaces, I want you to be able to customize your look for you because everyone's different. So
0: I love that. Um, So this is a question that I get and I would love you to answer. What is the best way to care for your jewelry? I'm so bad at it. (laughs) So gold filled
1: jewelry, it should last. Um, You know, if you go in the shower with it, you know, you go for a day at the beach pool, it should last. But like anything, it does need to be cleaned. So the best way to clean your gold filled jewelry would be with a mild dish soap and water and some warm water. And that's it. And just scrub it with like a little toothbrush or something like that. And that just gets, um, you know, and don't always like kind of spray your hairspray, maybe with your earrings or necklace on stuff like that, just to kind of keep it longer. But Giving it a good clean, you know, every once in a while, especially if you had just spent like a day at the beach or pool, um, mild soap and warm water and that,
0: that should do it. Let's note that you don't have to buy all that stuff that they tell you, right? No, It's like you have it at home. Right. I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna put that on my to-do list. Of I'm gonna have <laughs> you in my head. Take care of your stuff, Natalie. Take care of your jewelry. <laughs> well, this has been so fun for me. Oh, um, do you have anything else? Like anything else you want to tell everyone? I'm gonna ask you to share where people can find you and follow you. I am
1: on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook at Coella Love. Um, C-O-E-L-L-A, love.
0: And my website is koelalove.com. Wonderful. I yeah. hope people will follow. Um, we'll just see your journey, see your beautiful pieces. And I just want to thank all the listeners again for tuning in to another episode of Wear Who You Are. And don't forget, as always, to remember who you are and wear it. I will see everyone next week. And thank you again, Lindsay, for your time and for thank sharing your you. talents with us. Thank you. Thanks for joining another Where Who You Are Wednesday. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. Be sure to follow along for episode news, updates, and other bonus style insights on Instagram through my business account at BUStyle. That's the letters B, U, and style. Or my personal account at Natalie underscore Tinture. And don't forget to subscribe to Wear Who You Are wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks again and see you next time.